Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez, I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. Welcome back, everybody, to another awesome and amazing episode of the Aviation Mentors Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. Today, we're going to actually discuss uh, something about airport security and uh, some of the things that it helps us with and some of the things that are just a pain in the rear end about it. But as pilots and future pilots, we also have a responsibility to our fellow pilots, fellow aviators, and also to the government because we need to make sure that we keep our aircraft and our air system safe. So we're going to talk a little about all these things today, but thanks again for joining us. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, everyone. You know... I actually got something and I got a, I got a drone. I got one of those DJI drones for anyone listening that likes them. It's the mini two SE. And this thing has been so fun to play with, but you have a, an app on your phone and it actually tells you when you're in certain airspace. So Carson, so you're saying that you went from being a real pilot to a drone pilot. Is that what I'm, I'm hearing right now? Well, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. I don't have to calendar this, okay? <laughs> did you set it up just for that? Of course I did. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't have to calendar a flight with the drone. It's a lot easier. Anyway, so aside from the, uh, the stuff brands give me, it's actually really easy to fly, super fun. But I was going around the app, and it tells you when you're in certain airspace. It tells you your, your altitude restriction. And it actually won't let you fly above that altitude um, if you're in certain airspace. Some airspace will let you fly all the way up to the max, um, which I don't know how how high that is. I'm afraid of losing it. But it's really fun, really cool. And um, it it made me start thinking about airport security because I was thinking you could fly this at an airport um, and it would cause a big problem. And then I realized, no, you actually can't fly it at an airport. The, The software just, it won't let you. And I thought that was a really cool distinction that it makes of helping with airport security. And I figured we should start talking about it. Uh, so let's get into just the very basics of airports. Uh, I know we've discussed it a couple times, but some people might be new. Some people might be just learning. So airports are classified into a couple different types. And those are based on factors like the volume of traffic, the size of the area around them that they serve, and the types of flights that they handle. So Class B, Bravo, airports are typically the largest and the busiest ones, and they serve major metropolitan areas, and they handle significant commercial traffic. Uh, So these airports are going to be like LAX, huge airports. And then there's Class C, Charlie, airports, and they're smaller, but they still serve commercial airlines. Uh, They're often in mid-sized cities, and they still have quite a bit of traffic, but this is where you're going to start seeing more general aviation traffic. Uh, it could be anything from Cessnas to uh, larger multi-engines, but there's still a lot of uh, commercial airline traffic. And then we have smaller airfields, and this is going to be your Class D Delta airports and uh, Echo and Golf uh, airspaces and airports. And these smaller airfields cater primarily to general aviation, and they might not have scheduled commercial flights at all. And at these smaller airfields, security measures are generally a lot less intense than the larger ones. So they really just rely on physical barriers like fences and locked gates and surveillance measures like security cameras. 
by the way, some of these little small airports that that you would think would not have commercial air travel at, they do. And they have a little mini TSA with like one or two TSA agents. And they like have two flights a day that go out of this little airport in the middle of, of wherever. So there are some really small airfields that have security measures, but they're just different. Yeah. Like, uh, like when I flew out of Provo to try and come home one time, I, I found that there was a commercial air flight. I think it was Allegiant that was going out of there. And I was like, Allegiant flies out of Provo, that, that little airport? Sure enough, one or two flights every other day. So, yeah, these airports can handle all sorts of traffic. But the community plays a, a really crucial role in security at smaller airports, with pilots and staff that are constantly encouraged to report any suspicious activity. Randy, you know that number that, uh, that they tell you to call? 1-800-GA-SECURE. Did I get that right? That's the okay, one. Good. <laughs> I did it off my memory with uh, no prompting, so just making sure. <laughs> no, I didn't put that in there on purpose. So I wanted to ask you, see if you remembered. Thank you. You're welcome. So due to their size and, and the lower traffic volume at a smaller airport, these airfields just might not have continuous on-site security personnel. Some, like, you know, if they have the commercial airplanes, then they might have a couple TSA agents, but typically it's just you having a code to get in because you have a hangar there or you're flying there. And I know Carson just mentioned Class C airports just a little bit. I'm going to get a little more into it, though. Um, Class C, while they're smaller than Class Bravo airports, uh, they still have significant volume of traffic, and they're subject to TSA regulations and badging procedures, all sorts of things uh, with Class Charlie airports. Security measures include TSA checkpoints for passenger screening, baggage x-ray machines, and generally law enforcement presence. Um, according to TSA, over 2 million passengers screen daily across U.S. airports, with Class Charlie uh, airports contributing to this number, um, majorly to this number. I mean, a lot of airports we go to are Class Bravos, but there's a ton that are Class Charlies. Um, these airports also have controlled access to airfield operation areas, regular patrols, uh, all sorts of things. So, uh, But Class B airports, such as LAX or Chicago O'Hare, uh, they're subject to the highest level of security measures. They handle a large volume of passengers. For for instance, uh, LAX, which I flew in last night, at, I got there at like 11 o'clock. Uh, so they served approximately uh, 88 million passengers in 2019. Uh, I don't know why we don't have a newer stat on that, but probably something with COVID. I don't know. They stopped counting during COVID. Yeah, exactly. Because there was a lot less. I think we got down to 2% of air travel for a while. And I heard a statistic the other day that I think we're almost back to uh, pre-pandemic uh, levels of travel. And I think this Christmas might be uh, more passengers than 2019, which would be one of the first times that uh, we've gotten past pre-pandemic uh, levels. Don't quote me on that one. I'd have to double check, but I'm pretty sure that's what I heard. Um, but uh, security includes advanced screening technologies like full body scanners, extensive baggage screening systems, uh, significant law enforcement presence, and TSA officers. Um, these airports also have sophisticated perimeter security and are often patrolled by specialized airport police units. And I'll tell you this, I just, I was in Austin, Texas, like I've said, I think on the last episode, and uh, Austin, Texas had all of the new state-of-the-art uh, screening stuff there. It was pretty neat. And I actually found out that Clear, um, and now they're rebranded to Clear Plus, by the way, and I asked them, well, what does Clear Plus mean? And, uh, and they said, nothing, it's just a rebranding. And then I get over to the thing to like the to scan my eyeballs to, to, so I don't have to pull like literally all it does is so I don't have to pull my uh, ID out of my pocket uh, when I, when I get through there. And they also let me cut in front of the pre-check line, which is nice. Um, I went over there and it said, Oh, do you want to sign up for clear plus next gen? 
I'm like, okay, Mr. Clear Officer, what is Clear Plus Plus Next Gen? <laughs> and he said that they are going to all uh, biometric scanning and they're going to come up with brand new, uh, or I don't know if it's called, no, not biometric. It's called uh, facial recognition. They're going to go all facial recognition. So government gets to have all of our facial features uh, every single time we go to an airport. I'm sure they're excited about that uh, for data mining purposes. But <laughs> uh, so the security at these airports, even small ones, and I'm pretty sure that's a Clash Charlie, um, is getting more and more and more. And uh, on Monday, I actually flew there with Anthony and we flew we flew his airplane there and we we didn't really have to deal with any security because they keep the general aviation people on one side of the airport. And then they keep the, uh, the other, um, the other part on the other side of the airport was pretty neat. Well, what's your experience with airport security usually like, um, you know, aside from having clear. So you, you know, you're going to a Charlie or going to a Delta airport. What's that usually like for you? Yeah. Well, like I said, clear is great because one, my credit card company paid for it. They gave me a reimbursement. Uh, pre-check is like something you must have. I mean, I would not travel if I didn't have pre-check. So I told one of my friends to get pre-check and, uh, it's only taking a week to get pre-check right now. Uh, I don't know. They haven't got the KTN number yet, but I'm, I'm assuming that's going to happen very quickly. But the, but the interview process was rapid, like within a couple of days. So if you do not have TSA pre-check, by the way, most of your credit cards, if you have decent credit cards, they will pay the fee for you, which is like a hundred or $150. Uh, and then if you have global entry, uh, then they will actually, it renews your pre-check. So I think it's for five more years. So go get pre-check uh, because it speeds up the line or don't get pre-check because I don't want you in my line uh, messing me up and making me take a lot longer. So have that what you will. Actually, all of our listeners, I actually like you and I wouldn't mind being in, in a line with you. So go ahead. You get it. Just don't tell any of your friends or family that do not listen to us because them, I don't want them in line. Once they start listening, they can be with us. I digress. Uh, the other thing I had to do is I just got a new hangar uh, at Long Beach Airport, um, Lima Golf Bravo uh, in Southern California, where I am hangering the Icon A5. Um, I just uh, tucked it into its hangar uh, what, about a week, week and a half ago. And uh, I think we're going to release an episode on that little adventure that I had um, in the coming days because I said we would. Uh, so that will happen very, very soon. Uh, but I had to put in my name and all my information. I had to get a background check that took almost four weeks for them to complete. Uh, then they told me that they were ready for me to come in and do a test. So I went in, they gave me like 10 minutes to study and they told me about all these different secure areas and TSA areas and things like that. And I officially got my, my uh, badge for Long Beach. So now I'm legally allowed to be on the airport grounds without uh, an escort or supervision, so to speak but I'm only allowed in certain areas. Uh, and a lot of Class Charlie airports, or I've even been to a couple of Class Delta airports that require badging as a process. Um, I have been to Deltas that don't require badging, but if you want to drive on the airport, you're required to take like a 100-question test and score like 80 or 90%. So I've, I've dealt with that stuff as well. So depending on your airport, you need to go to your operations department at the airport and ask them what's needed if you want to be able to kind of walk around. Now, if you're just flying into FBOs and the FBO is doing all the stuff for you, all of their agents or everybody there is already badged. So you don't have to, you don't have to deal with getting badged if you're just going to an FBO. And same thing, if you're going to a Class Bravo, Class Charlie airport, don't worry about being badged if you're just going there once or twice. It's, it's if that's where your airplane is living and that's where you, maybe you're even going to flight school there, you might need a badge. So uh, keep that in mind. But the badge process 
it wasn't as difficult as I thought. It just took forever. I mean, it took over a month to get my badge. And that meant I had to call my hangar mate and like, Hey, RJ, can you, can you let me into the airport? Like I need to go see my airplane. <laughs> and it was kind of up to him if he said yes or no, like I'm available or I'm not, uh, which kind of sucked, but I didn't want to lose the hangar because it's really hard to get a hangar at Long Beach. So I ended up dealing with that. And it just so happened the icon wasn't ready anyway. So I didn't need to go there. But I got the icon back and I got badged like four days before that, which was really nice. So, but there was a problem with the badging with, after I got my badge, I tried scanning it at one of the doors and it, it didn't open the, the gate for me. So I'm a little perplexed and so I have to go like check and see if it opens other gates. So I don't know. It wouldn't let me out of the airport, let alone in it just wouldn't even let me out. Oh, that creates a little bit of a problem. Um, you know, I, I was, I was just thinking while you were talking about getting badged and having to go through a background check and everything. You think, Carson? I, I do occasionally sometimes think about oh, that. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, it takes a little bit more effort than usual, but I do think. <laughs> no, Brandon uh, has has totally fried my brain with the amount of stuff we've been working on the last couple of weeks, just getting ready to close the year out. But yeah, I still have the capacity. I was thinking about, do all pilots have to get background checks? Or do you know how that works? Yes and no is the best answer. So... When you submit on IACRA and you submit your medical, that's all going into the FAA's database. And all of that information is, it all gets submitted through IACRA and the aviation medical database. So once you put it in there, I don't know for a fact that it's actually running your background, but I know if you put that you have a felony on there, or if you hit, you put that you have a DUI or something, it's going to come up. And I do know that people have lied on there and the FAA sent them letters like just a month or a couple months later, it said, Hey, you lied on the application. Uh, your medical is now being revoked because you actually had a DUI a, a year ago or two years ago or whatever it may be. And you didn't disclose it. So to be honest, I don't know for sure when it happens, but I do know that people get called out and like if they're taking medication and eventually it, it makes its way to them. Like there's, there's things that people get caught for. So, uh, so I don't know when they do it or how it happens, but I do know that it does happen. So there are ways that they are looking at you to tell if you are a felon or you had a DUI or you take antidepressants or, or whatever it may be. Those are those are some things the FAA is looking for, and, and they end up finding it. And then you get either slapped on the wrist or your pilot certificate revoked or worse, maybe jail. Depends what you did. Well, that's crazy. Um, and it all comes back to the, the human element of flying. And there's also a human element of security, um, like we're, we're talking about. You know, despite the technological advancements, the human element of everything is just really critical. And TSA officers, they're trained in behavior detection and they observe passengers for for signs of stress, fear, and deception, um, which, you know, that's the nice thing about being a pilot is you're, you're comfortable. You, you know everything's safe. And they create that layer of safety. And at airports, law enforcement officers provide a, a visible deterrent and they're trained on how to respond to everything. They're, they're specially trained for being at these airports. And I, I was looking up because I was curious about just how many airports and how many of these airports have TSA. The TSA employs over 50,000 security officers, inspectors, directors, air marshals, and managers to ensure the security of just U.S. transportation systems. So there's a lot of people just making sure that you're safe flying in the air. Yeah, airport security faces several challenges. Uh, balancing through screening with passenger convenience is a constant struggle. I mean, I don't like taking off my shoes, so that's why I have pre-check. 
uh, literally my friend, he was, he was with me traveling. He didn't have pre-check, but he had clear. He actually made it through before me, believe it or not, but he had to take his shoes off and I wasn't a fan. And he also had to like stand up and put his hands up and full body scan. I just went through like a normal scanner. So it, it was funny that he beat me though. I mean, he didn't even have pre-check and he beat me. Uh, it was the way that they had that, the airport in Austin set up though. It was just kind of not fantastic the way they had it set up. But they did, they did tell me they were changing it and making it better. So they are trying to make passenger convenience a little bit better and a little bit uh, easier for people to have to deal with. So, uh, But at smaller airports, limited resources can really strain security operations. Um, the TSA's budget is over, was over $7 billion in 2020, and uh, it must cover a wide range of needs from staffing to technology upgrades. Additionally, evolving threats such as cyber attacks, drones, they all present uh, brand new challenges for, for airport security. And I know that Carson mentioned how he's an official certified drone pilot now and how he's uh, replacing his, his current uh, flying with just flying drones forever. Uh, forever, because, thanks. <laughs> for, because the challenge of flying a real aircraft is just too much for him. Uh, you should I, I, I can't even come back from that one. I keep talking. <laughs> Tell the people Perfect. what they want to know, Brandon. Yeah, I will. <laughs> no, but he mentioned um, when you when you fly drones, drones are fun to fly. Don't get me wrong, but they actually keep you out of flying out of airspace, and it kind of sucks. Like my backyard is technically under or it's in a class delta, but my front yard is not in a class delta. Um, so a drone can't really tell the difference between the two. Like it's it's I don't know, maybe it can, but I know that I can't fly a drone in my backyard and I can't fly it in my front yard, even though according to the map, it should be outside of the airspace. Maybe it's just too close or there's some type of buffer. Um, but you can't even fly a drone at my house, not even up 20 feet or 50 feet or whatever it is. Uh, otherwise, the the DJI systems, they will just shut down the drone or not let it start. So it's kind of an interesting, interesting technology. And I'm glad that this technology is out there now uh, because it keeps us airplane people safe. Um from people like Carson who just started flying drones all the time now. No, I, I actually had to buy a 24 pack of propellers cause I kept crashing it the first few times and, uh, and just break those. Propellers, so you're not so. even a real drone. You're not even a real drone pilot either. Well, I have my license, but I didn't have a drone CFI. They didn't come with that. That's <laughs> they, just, they send you the drone. It's like you buy an airplane and they just assume that you, you know how to fly it. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. But it's a lot of fun. Um, but airport security is is really just an in-depth process, and it, it takes a village. You know, you, you want your airplane safe, um, do good things. Don't don't do bad things. <laughs> you want to uh, to keep your personal, you know, airport and and the people in the community, and all the student pilots and the people that have planes there, um, and your small airport to to be fun and just have a great community and a great environment. It takes you just keeping an eye out and making sure that nothing suspicious is going on. So it does take a village to uh, to make sure everyone in the sky is, is safe when they're flying. Yeah, and remember, uh, the 1-800-GA secure, I know Carson was messing with me and seeing if I remembered it. Um, of course I did. It's, it's posted at most airports. If you see something, say something. Don't go and approach somebody. That's how you get yourself killed or in an accident or something like that. Um, just, just either call 911 or or call 1-800-GA-SECURE if you see something weird happening in an airport. Uh, it's better safe than sorry. If it wastes somebody's time, oh well. Uh, it could have uh, could save somebody's life or, or something like that. Um, luckily, we haven't had a, a terrorist activity at airports that has been at least public. 
um, since 9-11, and uh, hopefully we never do. But that's just because we stay vigilant and we want to make sure that we keep uh, keep our airports uh, safe and secure. So keep that in mind. Uh, as always, if you want to reach out to either one of us, you can reach us at our emails. It is Brandon for me at AviationMentors.com or Carson at AviationMentors.com. Also, don't forget to hit that follow, like, subscribe uh, button on whatever streaming platform you listen to us on. It is a huge part of helping us grow and uh, uh, helping us grow the aviation community. So thanks again for listening today. Really appreciate you, and we'll see you on the next episode. And as a wrap-up for the day, remember, here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride. See ya.